Have you ever felt like life threw you a curveball and it was really unfair? Maybe it was someone's fault or maybe it wasn't. Sometimes it's even more frustrating when there really isn't anyone to blame, but your life is upended anyway. Maybe you had all your holiday plans figured out. You dotted every I and crossed every T. And then just when you least expected it, something came along. An illness, a variant, a new policy, and changed it all. Situations like these that are outside of our control have become all too familiar lately, and they can be frustrating. When we pick up the story of Mary in Luke chapter two, she's in the middle of one such disruptive moment in her life. And she's nine months pregnant. Welcome back to Because She Believed. Today we are continuing with episode two, Mary's Not So Silent Night. When we last left Mary, she was a teenage girl who made one small decision to have the faith to say yes to God. And that choice made all the difference. Now for the story that is at the center of countless movies, TV specials, and front lawn nativity scenes. This is the story of the birth of Jesus, but this time from his mom's perspective. Whether you're about to celebrate Christmas or it's the middle of August, take some time to slow down, listen, and learn from Mary how to value the little moments that get you through the hard, frustrating, and not in your control curveballs of life. Luke 2 verse 1. At that time, the Roman Emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Imagine being Mary during this time. You are an unmarried woman, you're pregnant, and now you need to travel to a place you've never been. You live in a culture in which pregnant, unmarried women are ostracized. Maybe you even feel like you are bringing shame to your family. Though your fiance Joseph has been kind to you, this is a lot to handle. So when the emperor requires you and your fiance to travel to a city you've never been to, you're not sure if you should be scared or relieved. Sure, you're going somewhere completely brand new to give birth to this child, but at least you can get away for a while. But the journey is less like a vacation and more like a grueling nine-day trek filled with harsh, freezing weather, deadly wild animals, and robbers, carrying your own provisions all the while enduring your last month of pregnancy. And when you get to Bethlehem, it's packed with people just like you returning for this census, and there's nowhere to sleep. Okay, now the panic is starting to set in. It's the middle of the night. Crickets start chirping. People are settling into their beds and turning their lights out. You knock on the door of the closest house. Oh, hey, could we maybe stay the... Oh, okay. So you knock on the door of the next house. And the next. And the next. You knock on every door you can find, but everyone is at full capacity. You double over in pain. You need to find somewhere to stay, and you need to find it fast. As the pains of labor begin, you cry silently over not just the pain you're in now, but the unseen pain and hurt you've experienced over the last few months. You reflect back on your conversation with that angel telling you God was with you. You probably imagined that going differently than what you feel now. 
This is a curveball, and it's not how you thought things would go. You may start wondering if God really sees you, if he really chose you, or if you're just in over your head. In between sobs, you and Joseph decide to knock on one more door. Though there is no room in this inn, its owners offer to take you to where their animals are eating their food. Feeling weak, desperate, and exhausted, you take them up on their offer. Luke 2, verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. There in that stable, you give birth to your new son. Looking around amongst the donkeys, sheep, and hay, you find a manger, which isn't ideal, but at least it's something. A manger is a feeding trough where livestock can eat or drink water. This is where your son is placed after he is born. We don't know what Mary was thinking at this moment. And like any mother, she was probably overjoyed and relieved to have delivered a healthy baby. But this couldn't have been the way she imagined the moment going, giving birth to the Son of God in a noisy, dirty stable, far from home, surrounded by animals. It's definitely a curveball. We know Mary deeply believed God noticed her, but for anyone, this experience would bring up a time of questioning. It would have been very natural and understandable for her to feel a little confused, maybe a little angry, and even a little disappointed. Maybe she would have questioned a little what God was doing. Was this part of the plan? Did I do something wrong? Am I really cut out for this? Is God still guiding me? When the angel called her, Mary decided she was going to trust the process. And now was the time to put that faithful decision into action. Let's take a minute to pause and reflect. Have you ever felt like Mary? Maybe you're not a teenage girl about to give birth to the Son of God in a stable, but many of us have those moments where we are faced with the fact that where we are now is so different than where we imagined we'd be. It's in these moments that we may wonder whether God is listening or truly has a plan for us. We may feel insecure and start believing that we were never worthy of being used by God in a great way. These feelings often arise over the holidays. Maybe the holidays surface emotions of disappointment, loss, or loneliness for you. Maybe you had expectations coming into the holidays and they didn't go the way you hoped. Or maybe you or someone in your life is experiencing the often unseen pain of loss and the holidays aren't as happy for you as they are for everyone else. It's easy to feel like these emotions don't matter or that no one would care or notice. You might feel like it's stupid or weak to feel these things. But as we learned in the last episode, God values the overlooked and the unseen. God shows Mary that to him, no pain goes unnoticed and no weakness is wasted. It is all seen, understood, and matters to God. No matter what we go through, God can use anything to create good. Luke 2, verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. 
you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. In Mary's day, shepherds were common, but not necessarily seen as extraordinary or special. So when these shepherds are just minding their business and doing their jobs, you can imagine their shock as the sky lights up with the angels telling them that the Son of God is born. They're probably wondering, why us? Was this a mistake? Why would God choose to tell us? This may have made them all the more eager to see for themselves this great thing that God was doing. Luke 2, verse 16. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. As Mary, you may finally feel rested from this whirlwind of a night. Maybe you still feel a little confused about where you're at in life, but your head shoots up as you hear shuffling feet and men shouting, He's over here! Oh, what now? As these shepherds hesitantly approach and share with you what they saw and heard, the dots start to connect. You feel a shared connection with these men. Like you, they probably started the day ordinary and unseen. And like you, God took notice of them and nothing was the same. As the shepherds leave and tell whoever will listen about what just happened, you take a deep breath and take in the moment. The sun is shining bright, the sheep and cattle bleat and idly wander near you. Your son is sleeping soundly in your arms and your fiance is resting next to you. Your heart is full because even in your moment of confusion and doubt, God sent you reassurance. It's these small moments that you embed into your heart. And as they build upon each other over time, these seemingly humble moments become the foundation of a powerful faith. Let's take a minute to pause and reflect. The holidays can be a mixed bag, a time of difficulty, stress, and pain, as well as a time of fun, relaxation, and joy. Through all of these, God is moving. We don't want to miss out on what He's doing. Take the time to slow down and reflect on what your little moments are producing in you. Where do you see God? Where do you see Him taking you? Where is He giving you opportunities to create good? Okay, so you finally recovered from that whole endeavor. Now you, Joseph, and your newborn son travel together to the temple to fulfill your obligations as new parents, just like everyone else does. But you soon begin to discover that nothing about your new life is just like everyone else's. Luke 2, verse 21. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, 
and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. You wander through the temple, tired and a little overwhelmed by all the people rushing, shouting, and pushing past you. You just want to get in, do what you came to do, and get out. But of course, God has other plans, giving you another encounter with someone who adds another stroke to the bigger picture God is painting. He confirms for you the vision you already have on your heart. Your son is going to be great. He's going to save people and change the world. You beam with pride and excitement as he spouts off all these incredible things. But then... Luke 2, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Uh, okay. That picture seems a whole lot messier than what you were expecting. Your body tenses up and the all-too-familiar heartbeat pounds in your ears. You're not sure how to take it. You had hoped the pain of these last few months was the worst of it, but it sounds like it's only just beginning. You knew you weren't signing up for the easy road when you said yes to God, but even you don't know the extent of what's ahead. You're starting to understand that yes, there will be great impact, but there will also be great pain. Pain for you, pain for your son. So what do you do? Let's take a minute to pause and reflect. When God calls us to walk on an unbeaten path, with that calling comes uncertainty and sometimes hardship. So how do you keep up your vision and move forward even when times get tough? Throughout the book of Luke, we consistently read that Mary treasured small, faith-building moments in her heart. We can learn from Mary how to be mindful and believe. We have with us today our editor-in-chief, Russ Yule. Russ, why do you think God would want us to know that Mary kept all these things in her heart? What do you think we can learn from that? The extraordinary thing about Mary that's underestimated and should be paid attention to is how incredible her relationship with God was. I think that's the big thing I get. That Mary had a relationship with God that is often underestimated. We're so busy watching the historical timeline of who's born when and how it happens that we almost don't pay attention to Mary's relationship with God. And I think that's important. That she kept all these things in her heart reminds me of Steve Jobs' speech to Stanford commencement. It's famous now, where he talks about the importance of someone being able to connect the dots. When Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often, Luke 22, 16 to 20, and I know another translation says she thought deeply about them, I think Mary was connecting the dots. You know, every time, and maybe you're like this, I bet you are. Every time I talk to my mom, or it seems like almost every time I talk to my mom, she'll tell me, oh, when you came home from the hospital, you did this, you did this, and I always knew this, and I knew you were going to do this, and I thought you'd be this, and I believed this was possible, and I always thought something really special was going on. Every mother looks at their child, and they start connecting dots. And I think Mary was looking at Jesus, and she was like, yeah. There's something definitely going on here. First of all, I had you without the help of a guy. Second of all, an angel came and talked to me about you. So I know something's going on. And I think Mary took a virtual snapshot of everything Jesus did. We probably don't hear the half of it. 
when he first crawled, when he first walked, where he walked, what his first word was. She was just constantly connecting the dots. And as he got older, she connected them more and more and more and more and more. God wants us to do that. He wants us to trust that process I told you about before. God's purpose, God's path, and God's plan. But he wants you to understand the plan doesn't happen all at once. You have to connect the dots. And sometimes you have to look and you have to go, man, I feel frustrated. Nothing I'm dreaming about is happening. Many times we're frustrated because we're not connecting the dots. And you know, when we're not connecting the dots, you know what we're doing? We're being unbelieving. That's right. When we refuse to connect the dots of our life, we're being unbelieving. In Mark 16, 14, it says, still later in the New Living, still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. This is after he resurrected from the dead. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. You know how people say they need proof all the time? Well, these guys came and said, hey, Jesus has been raised from the dead. And the 11 disciples still didn't believe him, showing that no matter how much proof we're given, unless we have faith, we're not able to connect the dots. Have you been connecting the dots in your life? You know what I did the other day? I connected the dots from how me playing high school basketball led to me becoming a Christian. We should be able to connect the dots of our whole life and see what happens. And what happens? What do we have to do to connect the dots? It takes faith to connect the dots. You know what unbelief does? Unbelief makes us choose disobedience instead of devotion. Unbelief makes us choose fear instead of faith. Unbelief makes us choose anxiety instead of confidence. Unbelief makes us choose timidity instead of boldness. Unbelief makes us choose doubt instead of decisiveness. Unbelief makes us choose hesitation instead of commitment. Unbelief makes us choose resistance instead of trust. And you know what unbelief finally does? It makes us self-questioning instead of God trusting. That's what unbelief does. So what did Mary do? And what do we have to do to connect the dots? We have to stop doubting God's purpose. Even if you're nowhere close to where you wanna be, keep paying attention and connect the dots. We have to stop doubting God's plan. Just because you're in the job you don't like right now, or in the home you don't like, or driving the car you don't like, or have driving, riding the bike you don't like, stop doubting you're on God's path. You're on his path. You gotta let God's process play out. And we have to stop doubting God's plan. Here's the hard part. We aren't the central part of God's plan. So we have to kind of think, hey, maybe I'm just doing a small thing that leads to a big thing that makes something amazing happening. And how do we do it? Like Mary did. She paid attention to life. You've heard that term mindfulness? She invented it. She was mindful all the time of everything that was going on with Jesus and it allowed her to connect the dots. Wow. It's so important for us to look for where God is connecting the dots in our lives and let that build our faith especially when life seems to throw us curveballs that may just be part of the process in the end. Take some time to think about our last question for the day. What are some of the dots God wants you to connect in your life? Though this concludes the classic Christmas story, it is only the beginning for Mary and Jesus. Join us next week where we'll see Mary take on her biggest challenge yet, raising the Son of God and expanding her heart to care for God's growing family.
Thanks for listening to our series entitled Because She Believed, the story of Mary. A quick note about our narrations. Our storytelling is based on the Bible, historical research, and our best guess. Only the Bible verses are the inspired word of God, and the storytelling is added to help us experience the scriptures as if we were there. If you like what you heard today, make sure to subscribe and drop us a line at podcast at deepspirituality.com. 